course of discussing movies, the host will spoil plots. You've been warned. Listen to their screams. Greetings, ghouls and creeps, and welcome to Listen to Their Screams, a horror podcast that feels like you're talking with friends. And I am one of your friends, Dave. I'm joined, as always, by one of your other friends, Ike. Ike, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I got a little bit of a headache. Had a had a fun day at work, so my, my, my brain's a little scrambled, but I'm doing pretty good. I, I can't complain too much. Yeah, they're all fun days at work, but uh, <laughs> some some worse than others, but... Well, we have a good show for you today. We're going to talk about uh, Quicksand. We're reviewing Quicksand today, the AMC Plus and Shudder movie uh, that just came onto their streaming service. Uh, but before we get into that, let's do some of our other things. Uh, first off, thank you to our wives, Monica and Kayla, for all they do, all their support, uh, their research, their help, and everything else. They will both be back on the show very soon for another edition of Wives Rebuttal, so stay tuned for that. Um, Ike, uh, what did you watch this week? Anything, anything good? Anything exciting? Anything happening? Yeah, yeah. I'll say uh, <clears throat> a couple things I watched this week actually. Um, first and foremost, I it's not horror related, but last night we uh, we went and watched uh, the new Pixar movie Elemental in theaters. Um, it was pretty solid, really good movie. Um, as always, Pixar hits you with those emotional roller coasters and. Uh, really, they 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 touch on some hot button issues, but it was it was excellent, excellent movie. Not horror related, but I just wanted to say it was really good. <laughs> um, but uh, horror related, I watched two movies. Um, nothing too crazy this week. I watched Pie Wacket on uh, AMC Plus. It's also on Tubi. Okay. Uh, it's got a funny name, uh, but it's mm-hmm. actually a really good movie. A little bit of a slow burn for the first 30 minutes or so, but then I think it, it definitely kicks it up a notch. Um, as Lori Holden, uh, who's I think probably most well known from like The Boys and uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, so she's awesome. She's in it. She's pretty great. Uh, and then also I watched on Hulu, never seen it before. I watched One Hour Photo, uh, oh, yeah. which is the uh, horror movie with Robin Williams in it. Well, more of a thriller. And, uh, I really liked it. Um, it. Well, first of all, it was really nostalgic because it was like it was a 2002 movie. So, you know, they're like, you know, he runs like a he, he works in like a Walmart esque store where they have like a photo lab type thing where they, you know, develop photos from, um, you know, actual film, not like digital. So it was really cool getting to see like all like the old school shit that they'd used to do to like just to develop pictures um, but it was also really cool just because it really felt nostalgic. Um, you know, fun fact about me, Ron Williams is, you know, one of those actors that like he's monumental in pretty much anything he's in. So it was so cool, you know, to see like one one of someone I would consider a hero in a horror movie of all things. Um, but he's very dearly missed. It was an excellent movie. <laughs> yeah, it was creepy. It's it's always fun to see a like a good guy or a guy that usually plays. Right. Funny characters or whatever play you know play a villain. You you get that a lot in a a lot of the crime shows, right? The the Law and Order shows and the uh, Criminal Mind shows, where you get guys like that that you know, play a bad guy or play a villain, and it's always it's always neat. It always rubs you the wrong way and adds a, adds a layer to it. So it does. It one hundred percent does. Uh, but that's pretty much all I watched. Um, one other thing that I was going to mention later, but I want to mention now. 
um, Friday, I'm going to see Terrifier in theaters. Um, for fun fact, it's you know it's coming to theaters very briefly uh, on a small theatrical release. Never been released before in theaters, so I've not watched it yet in theaters, but I will be. <laughs> yeah, well, let's see. We we record these on Wednesdays. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain there, breaking the kayfabe. Uh, so uh, but uh, so you're going Friday. See, I I, I got you beat. Uh, to tell you the truth, because uh, we have purchased our tickets, and as soon as we're done recording, we are going to watch it tonight. So <laughs> that, that is awesome. Yeah, that so. is awesome. I so me and Dave, we we talk all the time, but I remember Dave was bummed because like none of the theaters around you have it on the weekend, and I know you were talking about potentially seeing it tonight. So I'm glad you got to go see it. But it's hilarious. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm always I'm leery about doing stuff on work nights. Because by the time, right. you know, by the time you get to that point in the evening, I'm just like, my body's so attuned to just crashing and relaxing. And, uh, cause I stay busy all day. And, uh, but I'm like, man, if I don't, I- I'm going to regret it. You know, you don't, you know, I got to start, you know, taking opportunities, you know, when they, when they come up for things like this, you know, I can't him haul because it's a work night. So uh, if it's something that's, you know, it's got to be on a weekday night, then it's just got to be. So, and this is, uh, Definitely something I want to do. So I wanted to make sure I didn't miss the opportunity. But uh, yeah, the tickets are purchased, and we will, uh, yeah, we'll be there tonight in just a little bit. So I'm pretty, ex- pretty stoked, pretty excited. I've already forewarned Monica. Hey, you're not gonna like this movie, but uh, that's okay. She's <laughs> she's going anyway. She's but, ever uh, seen Terrifier? No, I don't believe so. Uh, she's she's not big into slasher, gory slashers. I mean, I mean, she likes yeah. slashers, but not like the real, not a lot of gore. And I'm like, oh well. I mean, let me know how she does with the the chain the uh, the saw part where yeah, the yeah. girls getting sawed in half. That'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I forewarned her about that one. I told her, yeah, that's coming up. I said it's a pretty cool, you know, pretty cool kill. I said I know that sounds odd for a guy to say, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, we'll see, we'll see. She's she's going for the experience in the theater food, so. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, and, and, and to go with me. So I told her, I said, hell, I'll go by myself if you really don't want to go. She's like, no, no, I want to go. Like, okay. I said, well, you, you can't, you know, bitch about the movie afterwards. I forewarned you that you're probably not going to like it. It's not your type of movie, but we'll see. I mean, there's been odder things that's, ha- that's happened. So true. Very true. Yeah. So, uh, I, I just watched again a lot of odd and end stuff this week. I'm still watching through the in search of darkness list. And uh, I've watched, man, I've watched a lot of movies. I'm not even keeping a list. I've got the checklist. I'm checking them off. Some of them are just are just not that good. And, and even, you know, <laughs> I'm not just saying that they're because there's a lot of bad movies I like and cheesy movies like, but they're just just some. I don't know. They're just not my thing. But I'm watching through them. I'm powering through, uh, you know, but I mean, I, I get the uh, I, I'm not really wa- rewatching anything that I've watched fairly recently or that I've watched like, you know, a, a hundred times in my life. I'm just skipping those so I can get through them. But I am hitting a few that I've not seen for a while, you know, so. I mean, I did, you know, I did get to watch like Maximum Overdrive again, which I haven't seen in, you know, a while. It's been a while. So, so I, I throw those in there to make sure I get something just in case I get on a, on, on a streak. But, uh, some of these movies are, whew, they're, they're a little tough, but that's okay. I'm, uh, I'm watching my way through them. And, uh, that's what I've been doing. So I've, I've watched lots of movies, but nothing that really just like, you know, jumps out or stands out. So, right. It's usually how it is, just watching to watch, and you know, and you put something on the background, and I'm the same way. I'll put on those movies that, I mean, they're definitely nothing to write home about, but you know, you just want to watch them, and say you've been able to watch them. That's, 
you know, for all the Phantasm lovers out there, I'm not trying to be a hater, but that's how it was for Phantasm for me. It was just, you. I want to say that I've watched them. I want to say that I know what those movies are about, but I didn't really, wasn't my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the way it is. I just, I mean, I, I love, like I said, I love this documentary so much. And I was like, they talk about so many movies. And I'm like, you know what? I just, and they put these checklists out there. I thought, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to do it so I could say that I've, this wide range of viewing, right? I mean, these are these are things that I would not normally, on my own, I would skip. So this is kind of, it, you know, it, it it forces you out of your comfort zone. And sometimes that's good because, you know, there are a few movies that I would probably not have picked because I didn't wouldn't think I liked them. And occasionally you'll watch one and you'll be like, oh, that was pretty good. And then there are some like, yeah, I was spot on. I wouldn't watch that. So you can't, you know, they're not all winners. But uh, that's okay. But at least like when it's all said and done, I can I can say I've done it. I'll have that feather in my cap for what it's worth, but uh, <laughs> which I guess is nothing. A little, I guess, a little clout <laughs> for the for the horror podcast, but otherwise, no, no real right, world application. Yeah. But, hey, that's all you need. Is just a little clout. That's that's what we need on the yeah. show. That's right. I mean, my, the things that I want bragging rights for are just are just odd. So I could tell people, hey, you have you watched those In Search of Darkness documentaries? Yeah, I've watched all those movies then now. <laughs> And we'll see. I mean, you know, I guess some of the people that I interact with online and, and, and whatever else and some of the scenarios that I would bring that up, they they might actually be impressed by that. So it might work. <laughs> I think it will. I think it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly something that I'm getting, you know, jumping on a team call for, though, and, you know, at work and, and, and putting that in my email signature line, you know, for my work emails or anything. <laughs> but that's OK. Yes, you're not winning any awards with that achievement, but it's fun nonetheless. (laughs) Yeah, I'm enjoying myself. So, But what else is fun is our game. So let's get to it. This is our weekly segment. Top three. (laughs) And this week, we're circling back around to the the OG, the original one that started us all. Uh, We are here for top three this week. And then we are going to do our top three favorite disaster movies. Uh, and this is kind yeah. of all all encompassing uh, because, like we said, Quicksand's kind of a, uh, a form of a disaster movie. So it's, it's not really a, I, I, it is, but it isn't. But it's a nature related thing, right? It's it's not a your typical horror movie where there's you know a uh, a serial killer or a demon or anything like that or you know anything supernatural. And so it kind of fits the bill a little bit. So our top three favorite disaster movies. Uh, we're probably, I bet we're going to be all over the place with this one, Mike. So let's see what we got. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. We'll lay it on us. What is your number three favorite disaster movie? Number three is The Happening. The Happening is a fantastically bad movie. Um, So this is one of M. Night Shyamalan's uh, not-so-bright moments, my bad. But basically, it is about a natural disaster, a natural occurrence, um, within nature that is causing people to commit suicide. Um, basically, during the, the movie, they kind of figure out that for whatever reason, whether it be to conserve the planet, the trees and plants are producing something that's basically making people kill themselves. And so the movie follows you know, our characters, and it's like, a, honestly, it's one of those movies you watch and – they kind of have to get a little creative with how people die. So I think that's really cool. Uh, but mostly it has a lot of great people in it. It has Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, John Leguizamo, 
Um, Spencer Breslin, who's like a child actor from that time. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan made his, his appearance, of course. Uh, Kristen Connolly from, you know, uh, Cabin in the Woods fame. So a lot of really cool people. It's a good movie. Um, it is a little, a little goofy of a subject matter, in my opinion. It's not really realistic. And, you know, M. Night Shyamalan's gotten a lot of shit for this movie. I'm going to be real with you. But uh, I like this. So that, that's kind of my first or third, I should say, uh, natural disaster-esque movie. Yeah, when uh, I when I was thinking through these, and I was actually discussing with Monica, and we were you know just bantering about it, trying to get the old the old brain you know flowing on it, and she brought up the happening, and I'm sitting there thinking that she was like telling me about it, and she showed me the trailer and everything else, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I've seen this movie, and uh, nothing struck a chord with me. Now, once I actually, I'm gonna watch it at some point. Once I watch it, maybe maybe I will have watched it. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but like I said, she was telling me all about it and, you know, the people in it. And I even watched the trailer with her and everything. And I, I don't even nothing. Nothing struck a chord with me. So uh, either I've not seen it or it just did not stick with me at all. So I don't know. <laughs> which is which is kind of odd. But anyway. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're moving on. My number three favorite disaster movie, disaster movie, excuse me, uh, from 20 or from 2009. It is 2012. And uh <laughs> This is this is with John Cusack in it. It's it's a fun movie. It's just it's just all action, pretty much all action. And, and the one thing that really jumps about this movie for me that I really that always sticks with me and that always makes it a fun watch for me is is just is Woody Harrelson. And he plays oh, yeah. this uh, conspiracy theorist kind of guy who does a like a, a radio show. I think is what it is. And uh, you know, out of his trailer camper thing and. The scene where he's like, I'm not even sure what it is. He's facing a tidal wave. I'm not sure what it is. Where he's just standing there, like the, the face set up and everything. Uh, it's just, it, it just cracks me up. He he cracks me up in it. Uh, again, it's just your your kind of your your typical type disaster movie. It's all full of action, you know, and and outrun the the disaster and everything else, and somebody has to be rescued in it. And it, it's your, your it's you know kind of your typical outline for these kind of movies. But it, it was always a fun movie for me. Uh, so that is my number three, 2012. Yeah, I, I love 2012. It did make my short list, um, but it did not make it into my top three. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think it was a volcano that was happening. Um, that took Woody up. They were at Yellowstone that took yeah. Woody Harrelson out. Um, but, I mean, there's, like you said, that's such a good movie. Um, there's a lot of really, I mean, there's a lot of people in that movie. There's a shit ton of people in that movie. But... I think the big thing that sticks out to me about 2012 is that like, you know, it was kind of based on the whole like mind calendar thing. Right. Which was like a yeah. huge thing. Right. right? Yeah. Maybe for some of our listeners who were really young at the time, I don't know, maybe we have young listeners, probably not, but if we do, or maybe just for the proliferation of this concept, you know, 2008, 2009 was this whole concept that the Mayan calendar ended in 2012. A lot of people think that, they just didn't think that, you know, the mind calendars wasn't extended out past 2012 or whatever. So a lot of people thought that the Mayans thought we were going to die or that there was like this theory or whatever. So it was very interesting to see them put that into like format on like a, a movie. And uh, 2012 was really, I mean, it was uh, as far as natural disaster flicks go. I mean, this is like probably one of the Oscar winning like natural disaster movies, if I had to say so. Um you know, it had a couple, a little bit of cheese occasionally, but it was a, it was a very good movie. I, I, 
like I said, it didn't make my top three just because I have some, you know, personal favorites, but definitely a, a runner up for sure for me. Yeah, my my top two are are big time personal comfort movie favorites for yeah. me. Uh, two of my favorite movies. So so let's roll on, Ike. Then what do you have at number two for your favorite natural disaster movie? So my number two, and I went back and forth on this, and I and I was trying to see if this would fit, and I and I think I've justified it. So obviously may, maybe you you haven't. I don't know. I I again I had to do a little bit of justification for this one, but I feel like it belongs. My number two is Contagion. Um, well, I don't remember when that's from, but Contagion, of course, is uh, 2011. It was about a pandemic that occurs that is originated, um, weirdly enough, I believe in China, um, from Hong Kong. Um, and it's some sort of flu, and one person catches it, brings it home. She, th- she dies. It's Gwyneth Paltrow that dies, by the way. So Dave yeah. probably likes this movie. <laughs> and uh, uh basically they go through this whole process essentially it's COVID 19 it, it really it, it's it's eerily similar to what happened with COVID 19 but contagion is fantastic um it's probably one of the most surreal movies because i i watched it years ago when it came out and i i hadn't watched it again in probably 10 11 years and my wife was like, hey, have you heard this movie? And I'm like, yeah, it's been a long time. Let's watch it. And we watched it. And me and my wife, the entire time, we're like looking at each other like, holy shit, this movie is so eerily similar to what's happening right now. Um, but anyways, it, it was really cool, really fun movie. Um, I mean, not fun. It's really tragic, really. But has a lot of great actors in it. Uh, very interesting concept. And just overall, a good, good movie. I, I would say that this is probably one of the better, again, you know, natural disaster-esque films i would say like a pandemic couldn't be considered a natural disaster to some respect um but yeah that, that's my number two yeah that's, that's a good movie uh, it's a it's a fun movie uh, i think it, i think it's close enough to fit um but yeah you're right i mean again i haven't seen it in a while either but it would be a very surreal watch now and uh it's like there's a there's an episode of supernatural where an angel one of the angels sends dean into an alternate timeline to show us what happens if he does whatever but anyway but they, they talk about a thing that happens or whatever. And that one of the lines in it is, uh, so when you go back, let me give you a piece of advice. Hoard toilet paper like it's gold because it is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that, that sounds funny. It's, but, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, I, I like Contagion. Uh, and again, I haven't seen it for a long, it's been a while. Uh, I am not a Gwyneth Paltrow fan at all. Do not like her at all. So the fact that she dies, uh, you know, it's even a, I don't know, bigger achievement in my book than anything else it can do. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that brings me then to my number two favorite natural disaster movie. And again, this is one of my favorite movies of all time from 1998. It is Armageddon. Um, the, 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 to me, it is the, the premier asteroids going to smash the earth movie. And it's got Bruce Willis. It's got Ben Affleck. It's got, oh God, I don't even know. It's got Owen Wilson. Uh, I don't even know who else it. It's got so many people in it. Uh, now, of course, um, you know, the whole concept's a little, uh, a little wacky, you know, that these oil drillers are going to go and blah, 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 dig into the asteroid so they can drop, you know, the, the charge into it to, to split it in half so that it misses and everything else. But, uh, one of my favorite aspects of it is how it, it doesn't give you the cop out on a, on a big emotional 
moment where the Bruce Willis character has the the realization of the the sunlight character in the in the in the movie, which is played by Ben Affleck, and um, and how he he loves the Bruce Willis's daughter, which he does not approve of, but he has that 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 touching moment where he's like, okay, I'm going to accept this. I'm going to sacrifice myself so that him and my daughter can have a future, have a life. Um, and they didn't, they didn't take the cop out that a lot of movies do where there's some, some way he survives. I mean, you know, he, he dies. And, uh, it, it, I think, you know, it makes, it makes what he, you know, what he does, the whole, the whole event itself, uh, their mission that much more impactful and important. So, uh, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of Armageddon. I know some people love it, some people hate it, uh, some people ridicule it. I get all that, um, but it is one of my favorite, a definite comfort movie for me. Yeah, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen Armageddon. I have seen it, but I would say it has probably been a good 15 years since I've seen that movie. Um, you know. One of the probably it sounds it sounds bad, but probably one of the more like unused uh, concepts is like the asteroid heading to Earth, right? You know what I mean? And nobody really takes the time to like put it into like a serious concept and put it into film. Um, there's very few movies that I would say truly meet that aesthetic, um, and Armageddon does. Armageddon does a very good job of basically. I guess you could say building up the terror or the real terror that would be involved if an asteroid was heading to earth and, you know, the, the sense of desperation, the, the sense of, you know, just absolute enthralling terror, because it's true. What, you know, if this fails, what can, what else can you do? What else can happen if this, you know, this attempt to save earth fails. And so, Armageddon definitely delivers, I would say, probably one of the more like gut punch moments, like you said, with Bruce Willis's death. Um, and it's just it's a very it's honestly one of those movies that I I hate to say that I haven't seen in so long because I, I think I really do need to go back and watch it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a definite it's a definite fun movie. Uh, you know, you don't have to overthink it. It's got okay, yeah, the cast is. So great, so deep. It's, I mean, I I did. I only named a handful. I mean, it's got Billy Bob Thornton in it. It's I can't even remember everybody's in it. It is a it is such a great cast. Uh, it is it is a fun 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 movie. So let's move on then to our number ones. Ike, what is your number one favorite natural disaster movie? Whew. Well, I had to go back and forth on this a lot. I, I was I honestly almost didn't go this way, but I was like, you know what? This is a good movie. I like this movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's a really good, very interesting kind of movie, and it is The Day After Tomorrow. So Day After Tomorrow is about a uh, basically just the end-all, be-all of storms just ravages the Earth. You know what I mean? And it's, I mean, it, it is an absolute, like, devastating you know storm in every aspect there's flooding there's snow and ice to the point where like people are dying and it it, it just involves this huge like adventure right and it's not just like you know a small adventure it's like these people have to take like a trek from washington dc i believe to new york city um because they're trying to catch their he's trying to catch up to his son basically 
and this storm, it just, I mean, it, it, it is exponential. And it, and it's and honestly, it's a real threat in a way, if, if you ask me, because it basically the Earth is put into a new ice age. And I mean, people have been saying for years that um, not that we're overdue for an ice age, but that like in terms of timelines, we should be in an ice age because of, you know, when ice ages occur and how they occur, you know, naturally. So it was very much a, oh, wow, I guess this could technically happen, but probably won't. But in any case, a pretty interesting movie um, has a lot of stakes in it. Um, it, it. To me, it's just, again, one of those movies that, like, I used to watch all the time as a kid. You know, I would, you know, like if it was on TV, I'd watch it. But we had a DVD of it. I remember that I just ran on repeat for like a good six months. Um, so I just remember this movie very well. It has Jake Gyllenhaal in it, which. I mean, he's a little problematic now, but at the time he was all right. Um, Dennis Quaid's in it. Emmy Rossum from Shameless is in it. I think she's really cool. Um, a lot of really great people in this movie. So, yeah, I, I like Day After Tomorrow. It's a little cheesy, but it's it's a good one. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Uh, and I like Dennis Quaid a lot. Uh, so that that helps it in my eyes. But, yeah, it, it is. It's a you know, it's kind of your uh, of the time, you know, prototypical kind of disaster movie, uh, you know, that they put out there and, and uh, yeah, but it is good. It's a good movie. Again, I think there was a, uh, wasn't there the strange relationship between the father and the son. There's always, like there's always a strange relationship in these disaster movies that gets, <laughs> that gets fixed via the, the disaster. So I guess exactly. tra- tra- trauma heals all wounds, I guess. I don't know. Well, that brings <laughs> that me then to my number one, <laughs> my number one jo- favorite joint trauma heals all wounds. Go ahead. <laughs> That brings me to my number one fetch, uh, favorite natural disaster movie. Uh, again, one of my favorite movies of all time from 1996. It is Twister. Um, I knew it. I I, uh, <laughs> I love this movie. Uh, again, it's got a great, great, great cast. Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton in it. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. All kinds of people are in it. Uh, I, I cannot even tell you how many times I've seen this movie. I love it. Um, it is everything about this movie. It just is so fun to me. Um, you know, the, the drive-in scenes is great. I mean, I just, everything about it. I, I, I love the, the, the gadget, the Dorothy gadget that they made. I love the, the dickhead, uh, rich, you know, weather chaser, storm chaser. That is their kind of their rival. Um, it's just the whole thing is so much fun. I know they're, they're making a sequel to it that is supposed to be out pretty soon called Twisters, plural. I'm curious to see what they do with it. Hopefully, hopefully it is well. Uh, because I, I, I hate when they make a sequel to a movie I love and it just does not hold hold up to the original. Uh, and it doesn't have to be as good, but it's just got to be just got to be decent. So we'll see. Uh, but uh, I absolutely love Twister. One of my favorite movies of all time. Not just natural. That's just one of my favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. Um, if I remember correctly, doesn't doesn't Monica like this movie, too? She does. She loves this movie. OK, I was just, I'm pretty sure I remember her liking it. Um you know, I, I have not seen Twister in a very long time, but I do remember it being good. I remember it scaring me as a kid because I, I used to be terrified of, of like tornadoes and thunderstorms. Um, I'm still a little scared of them, but like not as bad as when I was a kid. Uh, but uh, first and foremost, you know, rest in peace, Bill Paxton and rest in peace, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who are both in this movie. Uh, fantastic actors taken way too soon. But I mean. Like you said, this movie has a crap ton of people in it. And I was just looking through, like like you said, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Carrie Ells, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jake Busey, 
Um, you know, just fantastic people in this movie. Uh, good movie overall. Like I, like you said, it, it is a little uh, cheesy in some parts. Um, and you know, the whole concept of storm chasing, it, it's, it's a very interesting subject. Um, and I think in like the late nineties, early two thousands, it was like a really huge phenomenon. It's not as huge of a phenomenon now, which is a shame. Um, but, uh, absolutely. Twister is, is probably hands down, I would say a pinnacle of like, you know, natural disaster movies. Like if you were going to watch one, Twister should probably be on your list. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we will have uh, upcoming birthdays, movie anniversaries, etc., etc. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe to listen to their screams on your favorite podcast platform. Also, make sure you look us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, TikTok, and Slasher. All you have to do is look up Listen to Screams. That is Listen, the number two in Screams, and you can find us there. Also, make sure you go and buy yourself a Listen to Their Screams t-shirt. You can find all of our shirts at tinyurl.com Screams Shirts. And we are back with the news. Spreading the news. All right. We have our upcoming birthdays. We have a lot of birthdays coming up. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> July 21st, 1978. We have Josh Hartnett from the faculty and Halloween H2O as well as 30 Days a Night. Josh Hartnett is probably one of my favorite, like, 2000s horror actors. Um, and, like, he just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, I can't even remember the last movie I've seen him in. Um, I'm looking now, but... Oh, he's an Oppenheimer. That's cool. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Josh Hartnett, I mean... I, I think he's awesome, honestly. Like I said, I, I, I can think of probably a dozen horror movies from the 2000s that like I love that he was in. Um, I'm sure you like him as well, Dave. I do. I do. I do. And I have a very uh, soft spot for Halloween H2O. Uh, I, I think yes. that is a such an unheralded uh, entry into into the franchise. But yeah, yeah, I like Josh Hartnett. I, I'm yes. not speaking, <laughs> not speaking for the uh, the bad haircut he had in Halloween H2O, but all things aside, it's. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that was a pretty trash haircut. I mean, but I mean, that was just, you know, those were the days that was that was the style of that time. But yes, Halloween show is a criminally underrated Halloween movie. Um, and if you're going to go for a Halloween sequel, that's solid. But uh, all right. N July 21st, 1960, we have Lance Guest, who is from Jaws, the Revenge, Halloween 2 and Last Starfighter. Um Honestly, I, I cannot place Lance Guest, but I've heard that name before. Um, but I'm assuming that Dave likes him. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> I do. I love Last Starfighter. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Jaws the Revenge is trash, but uh, the Last Starfighter is one of my favorite. He is one of, in Halloween 2, he is one of the uh, the ambulance drivers. Not the dicky, weird, creepy one, but the one that kind of has the thing for Lori and goes sneaks in the room and visits her and... And okay, everything while yeah, she's yeah. in the hospital, that's Lance Guest. So. Okay, yeah, I, I get. Okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I mean he's cool. I, I like I said, I don't, I don't think I have much, much of an attachment to him. I think as you do, because I know you like Last Starfighter. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, what, what else can I say? I think I, I'm sure he's a cool, dude. <laughs> uh, July twenty second, eighteen ninety three. Holy shit, we're going back in time. We have James Whale, who is the director of Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, and Invisible Man. Um, obviously a pioneer in the craft. Um, and I, I, I don't even have to ask Dave. I know Dave loves this guy, I'm sure. Um, you know, these yep. are great movies. <laughs> yep. He, he gave us Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. So he's A-OK -okay in my book. 
<laughs> You're all right in my book, kid. Um, and then July 23rd, 1961, we have the absolutely incredible Woody Harrelson uh, from such wonderful movies as Cheers, 2012, Zombieland, The Hunger Games, uh, Natural Born Killers. I mean, literally a billion movies that he's been in. Um, Woody Harrelson, I love him. He's, uh, I, I think my favorite role of his, despite anything else he does, will probably be Zombieland. I love his. Uh, he plays Tallahassee, and he's just he's just so funny in that movie. Yeah, love I love Woody Harrelson. We talked about him earlier with 2012, but yep, I I, I too think uh, <laughs> he, he makes. I mean, all of Zombieland's good, but man, he is definitely for me the highlight. Absolutely. Oh Lord. Uh, we also have a very timely birthday, July 24th, 1979. We have Rose Byrne from the Insidious movies. Uh, Rose Byrne, of course, was in Insidious 4, or I'm sorry, Insidious 5, The Red Door, uh, which came out just a couple weeks ago. So that's, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. But, uh, oh, Rose Byrne's great. She's in a lot of great stuff. She's an X-Men. Um, I mean, she does all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I, I can't think of some of them offhand, but she, she's also surprisingly good in, in comedies. When she when she does comedic stuff, um, yep. so, yeah, she's she's like multi-talented. Yeah, yeah, like neighbors and things like that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. She's very multi-talented. That's absolutely true. All right, and then we also have another oldie but a goldie. We have July 26, 1928, Stanley Kubrick, the director of Shining, Clockwork Orange, and 2001: A Space Odyssey. Stanley Kubrick is again another pioneer of the craft. Um, you know, despite your opinions on like The Shining, which Shining is better. Uh, he's without a doubt probably one of the most prolific creators on this earth. Um, so, I mean, what, what else can you say? Yep, yep, yep. He's great. He's great. I mean, again, those three movies, uh, I mean, anybody would, would just kill for just one of those three in, in, in their resume for their career. And, and, you know, and he's got all three. So, Absolutely, absolutely. All right. And then we have some upcoming anniversaries on movies. July 22nd is for three of these. Wow. Uh, July 22nd, 1983, we have Jaws 3D. Um, I don't think I've seen Jaws 3D, but I don't like 3D movies. I don't like how they shoot 3D movies because they usually intentionally shoot them for 3D scenes, um, which does not translate over well to, you know, home release. But uh, I digress. Uh, what do you what do you think about yeah. Jaws? No, no, it's it's not that great. And it, it uh, yeah, it overly shoots for the 3D. There's yeah, there's blatant 3d shot, shot scenes so yeah that's that's definitely there for this one uh garbo absolute garbo um july 22nd 1988 monkey shines i have never seen monkey shines i have never even heard of monkey shines you're gonna have to explain this to me dave um you know i don't know that I, if i've seen it or not either or if it's been a while uh so uh, i don't know we'll just say happy anniversary and move on <laughs> Real quick, I found it. A quadriplegic man has trained a monkey to help him with his paralysis until the little monkey begins to develop feelings and rage against this new master. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's in that? I think I have seen that. Um, It has Jason Beige, uh, John Pankow. Oh, yeah, Jason Jason Beige from uh, Chicago PD. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Who does he play in that? Oh, he's like that main guy. Yeah, he plays Hank, the main the main guy that's the head of the unit in Chicago PD. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, okay, yeah, I know that. <laughs> I think I have seen Monkey Shines, but I don't really remember a whole lot. It's man, that's ooh, it's been a while. So you, you I just pulled that from that. the deep recesses of your mind. <laughs> yeah, may I may have to uh, I may have to revisit that. Wow. 
Yeah, I've never seen it. I'll probably have to check it out. I mean, anything to do with the pet monkey, I like. Um, <laughs> even if it's killing the owner, I guess. Uh, let's see. Next one, we have July 22nd, 2005. We have the remake of The Devil's Rejects. Um, I don't hate the remake. I, I'm not a huge fan of The Devil's Rejects movies, um, just generally speaking. No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm not a remake. I'm stupid. This is the Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. You know, up until about five years ago, I got the Devil's Rejects and the uh, Hills Have Eyes confused with one another. Um, so I was thinking of the Hills Have Eyes. So I don't know why I do that. So the, the Devil's Rejects is the Rob Zombie movie, which is a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. And I also do not like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big fan either. But uh, I know there's a a definite following for it out there. A lot of people either I I feel like you either love or hate Rob Zombie right. movies. I, I'm kind of lukewarm. It just depends. I bet, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan of this one, really. Same. I like House of a Thousand Corpses, but I, other than that, I'm like, eh. But then we also have, on July 25th, 1986, Maximum Overdrive. Uh, Maximum Overdrive is literally killer cars from outer space. Um, fantastic movie. Uh, I mean, it, it it's just great. It's a great Stephen King flick. <laughs> It is. It's it's fun. Like I said, I just rewatched this the other day, and it's it's such a fun, it's everything I like in a in a cheesy eighty horror eighties horror movie. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a fun movie. Absolutely. And then we also have an upcoming release, uh, Haunted Mansion. This is a remake of the uh, Haunted Mansion from two like the two thousands, I believe. Um, and this is also, of course, based on the haunted attraction at Disney World or Disneyland, whichever one, or maybe uh, both. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a, not that hip on the on those. So I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I'm not either. I don't pay attention too much to it. But, uh, but yeah. So Haunted Mansion is about a woman and her son who enlist a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help rid her home of supernatural squatters. Um, I love the Eddie Murphy version of this uh, from way back when. Uh, but this one's going to be really good too. This one has an all-star cast. You know, Rosario Dawson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Winona Ryder, Jared Leto, I guess. Owen uh, Wilson, Danny Owen DeVito. Danny DeVito. Oh, my God. So many cool people. I'm excited for it. I'll be watching it for sure. Yeah, I'll probably, I, it probably won't be a theater go for me, but uh, when it hits that Disney Plus, I'll give it a watch. Hell yeah, Disney Plus for the win. Um, but yeah, I, I love the Haunted Mansion movies. Uh, that, that Eddie Murphy one, that's a re- rewatch every Halloween for us. Um, it's just cheesy goodness is really what it is. Oh, good Lord. Well, I think that pretty much does it for our upcoming releases, birthdays and anniversaries. Um, I said it once. I'll say it again and I'll say it a thousand more times. Follow us on social media. We post about this stuff when it comes up. Um, it's a fun little reminder of the days that have passed. So um, check us out. You won't be disappointed. When we come back, we're going to do our review of AMC Plus slash Shudder's new film, Quicksand. Listen to Their Screams is now a Fangoria collaborator. Get 20% off your order at shop.fangoria.com by using the promo code listen to screams at checkout. That is listen to number two and screams. Or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, and we're back here on Listen to Their Screams, and it is time for our weekly review. And this week, as Ike mentioned, we're reviewing Quicksand that is out now on AMC Plus or Shudder. It is a married couple who is almost divorcing become trapped in quicksand while hiking through a rainforest in Colombia. 
They will battle the elements of the jungle and must work together in order to survive. It is written by Matt Pitts, directed by Andres Beltran, starring Carolina Gaiden, Alan Halko, Alan Halko, and Sebastian Islavia. Uh, so, I, I I didn't know what to think going into this movie. Right? I thought oh, I could be okay. Um, we 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 knew that it would the the bulk of the movie right is going to be kind of a one scene shot. Right? It's going to focus around uh, primarily around the quicksand, and uh, they they did mix it up good. There was some other stuff too, um, but again, it's, it's these movies are these movies are often hit or miss, right? Whether whether they can make it work, whether it can have a, a little originality in it at all, or if it just feels like the same old stuff. So I didn't know what to expect really going in. I was hopeful and I thought I could be fun, but but we'll see. And I have to say that I am really I was overly surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. I thought I thought it was very very clever. Um, I like, I like how, because as I watched it, right, there was, again, it, it did the old deal where there was the, the two people who are separated, fixing a divorce. And of course the, the, the disaster, the event is going to help get fixed. Like what we just said, you know, apparently trauma heals all wounds. And, um, but then, you know, they, they doing this thing where they're, they're going to this conference that she's going to speak at and he goes along. Because they, they have the mutual friend, which I guess is primarily his friend, but anyway, and, and they're visiting him, and it's in another, it's in Columbia, and then um, they end up, they're going to go on this hike with him, and he doesn't show, so they just go on it. And but when they get there, and they they hike some, right, and they go back to the car, and their car's being broke into, and there's this whole thing with him, and I thought, what the hell is this? You know, what does this got to do with anything? And um, but then I, I I forgot that that was one of the guys from at the beginning of the movie that was kind of what I guess poaching or hunting snakes or whatever. And uh, so I like how they tied that in, but I like that approach to set up, set up the, 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 the trauma in it. Right. Because the, the people are telling them, Oh, don't hike this way. Right. Because it's, there's snakes and there's all these things and they're like, okay, okay, okay. We won't. I, so I like how they kind of did this approach to get them into that, that situation. I thought it was, I thought it worked instead of this, you know, they're being stubborn and just going ahead and doing it. Right. It was kind of a fight for your life. They didn't really have another choice. And I just thought, I don't know. I thought <laughs> who th- there was the guy in the quicksand that died, who I think was one of the other poacher from the, the beginning of the movie. And um, and I, I just thought there, I, I just I felt like they did. They did lots of things to help the tension and, and peak the deal with the ants and the snake and, and everything else. I, I thought they did well. To to take something that you think could be really limited because it's just quicksand and make it really, really tension filled and, and to build that tension. My one thing that I wish they had done differently. And we we talked about this earlier with Armageddon a little bit. I really and, I, and this may maybe this reflects badly on me that I'm going to say this. I really wish they had had the husband die. Because they got to the point where she got out and went to get help and was going because he couldn't move because he got bit by the snake. And I just I, I kind of wish. I don't know. I I guess I get tired of that. Oh, the the the, the happy ending and everything's fine. I, I just would. I guess I wanted a little touch of the uh, the despair in it and, and that, you know, well, she survived and came out. And, you know, she's she appreciates what she had with him a little more. 
Yeah, I don't know. And I think it would have also not then played into the, you know, the whole this traumatic I- incident healed their marriage, so to speak. You know, if he had died, she could have been appreciative of him and everything else, but it didn't it didn't fix their problems. So I don't know. I guess I wish I kind of wish they just let him die. Um, and that when that there at the end, I was hoping when they there at the end, when they were carrying him in, that it was just going to be a body. And, and but then he raised his head. and I was like, oh, OK, uh, but overall, I'm rambling on this. Overall, <laughs> uh, I really thought it was a fun movie. I, I think even more so than I than I hoped going into it. I, I think I, I just I enjoyed it a lot more than I anticipated. Uh, so what did you think of it? I Absolutely. So. Like you said, I, I think that I had probably some preconceived notions about this movie. Uh, like you said, the small scope, um, which it did accomplish. Um, but I think overall, like you said, I would agree that I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to throw out there to kind of touch on, similar to what you touched on. First and foremost, the expo- the is it exposition maybe disposition? No, exposition sounds right. The kind of beginning I'm trying to remember my literary terms here the uh exposition to kind of lead up to them getting in the quicksand it made sense right they didn't just happen upon quicksand they made it known that there was a dangerous part of this jungle area that has some quicksand and, and it's not unrealistic quicksand it's not like what you'd see in old cartoons or like an in indiana jones or you know anything like that it's realistic quicksand. This is how quicksand actually works. They're not just yeah. going to sink down into there indefinitely. You know what yeah, I mean? He, he even explained the concept of quicksand and how it worked and what it was. And I like that. It was refreshing. It wasn't just this this trope of, oh, they're going to sink away and disappear. And um, right. it, the yeah, the, the problems and the, the fears were very realistic, right? The, the temperature and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I like how they had a very realistic approach to the quicksand. Absolutely. And that's what I was going to say is that it wasn't like a cartoonish or cheesy approach. It was very realistic. So you have this very realistic approach to quicksand. Um, honestly, I'm assuming that the guy who they found in there with the shotgun, I'm wondering if the guy who was like robbing them didn't kill him because I don't think that he, he didn't fall into the quicksand um, in the beginning. I, I think that he just happened upon like a skeleton in the quicksand Um but then because he had a shotgun and then that's the reason we know it's the same person is because there's a, they found a shotgun in the quicksand. Yeah. So I'm wondering if like the guy who was trying to rob them didn't kill that other guy to kind of prevent him from talking about the corpse because they found a corpse. So I'm yeah, wondering I, I, if that's I assumed like he did. Background. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I assumed. And I, it may have been there. Maybe I missed it uh, because they did talk a little bit about him when they first found him. And they said something about how he looked and, and died. So I don't know yeah, if that was maybe a reference to how he he probably didn't drown or whatever in the quicksand that he was dead going into it or something. And then I don't know later when they had the uh, the other guy, uh, you know, kind of they had arrested him if, if maybe because he was telling the story about it a little bit. So I there there could have been a little more to it that I missed, but that's what I assumed too that he had killed him and and kind of maybe dumped his body in there or he had fallen in there or something. Right. And then I think another good thing that I appreciate about this movie is that they didn't depict the snake in a negative light. The snake was simply protecting its its young. So it, it wasn't like because I hate it when movies needlessly depict animals as violent, because realistically, the snake is not violent. 
the snake would do nothing. It would leave you alone unless you're fucking with it or you're fucking with its babies. And that's exactly what happened. They were close to the nest. The snake felt threatened and the snake bit them. And same thing with the ants. They were near an anthill. The ants felt threatened. The ants attacked. You know what I mean? And so it, it, it to me, it, it, I appreciate when they do realism, especially in animal or natural disaster related movies. Because so more often than not, you get these natural disaster esque movies or these animal related movies, and they basically throw common sense and logic right out the window. They're like, this bear is going to attack everybody or some shit. Now, I'm not shitting on cocaine bear because that's real shit right there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I appreciate that they like, they did it realistically. They were near the nest. That's how they got the snake to come back. You know what I mean? They, they attacked the nest and that prompted the snake to be like, okay, if you're going to fuck with my nest, I'm going to come and bite you again. And they also depicted realistically what happens when you are bit by a snake. You don't just like, cons- you know, start foaming at the mouth immediately. It's a slow process. The venom is going to take a while to, you know, get in your veins, coagulate your blood. And one of the coolest things about this movie that I really also thought was really cool that I also appreciated is that they, they didn't make this woman like some expert surgeon. She was like, I haven't practiced medicine in like a decade, but I'm going to try my best to not kill you and keep you from dying and get the blood clot out of your throat. Um, and, and she did it. She did it. But. Like you said, I, I think that they could have killed the guy, but I do appreciate that they didn't just make him fine. Like, he was obviously severely injured. Like, yeah. he couldn't get out of the quicksand. There was no way to get him out. He couldn't move. He was completely immobile because of his injuries. So it was realistic. But I also thought it was interesting that they used the snake as, like, rope. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, that's that's actually kind of creative. Um, and, and snakes are pretty durable uh, uh, creatures, so I think it could work in real life. Um, but I just felt like when, when I was watching this movie, I didn't really have to suspend much belief. You know what I mean? Um, it, it seemed yeah. all very believable. <laughs> yeah, and when she got out, you know, it wasn't just the, oh, she was fine. She just took off sprinting. You know, she was still struggling, right? She was still had these effects. Yeah. And it wasn't just that she went out and, oh, there happened and happened upon someone or something. There was the whole other side of it going on where their friend put two and two together, figured out you know something had happened and was coming from the other way. So there was the meat in the middle. It was it was it spelled out perfectly. I, I loved. I, I I love the fact that when they're at the, the dinner and they're they're chatting about the blah, blah, blah and everything else. And he's like, oh, you know, you I, are you still using that old pack? He's like, oh, yeah, the, the old pack with the duct tape. Yeah, it's my lucky pack, whatever else. And they they played it in where it was it, it ended up being a very deliberate thing to put in there because it came back yeah. into it, but it didn't feel like it, right? It was just it felt like part of the conversation. And I really didn't think anything of it at all um, because he had mentioned the pack earlier. He's like because they didn't think they were gonna have time. But he's like, well, well, I brought my pack, you know, hoping. And then um and then the guy sitting there when the friend when he's realizing something is, must have happened. I don't know where they're at, and he sees the guy walk in and he sees the guy has the backpack with the duct tape and that's what triggered and i thought man that was that that worked that was clever and and they didn't make it feel that it was really forced it i i really didn't think anything of it when they mentioned the backpack i i just i just thought it was just part of their conversation of they were trying to play like everything right. was okay and have a conversation at dinner before he told them that they had split up and um and then it came back to be a really key part and i was like oh that's pretty that was cool i like that that they that they did that and um 
I just like I said, there was nothing about this movie that that felt artificial for me. It felt very, you know, and, and, and perhaps I mean, I'm not an expert on any of these things. So perhaps they did take a few liberties. I don't know, but it didn't feel like it um, to the untrained eye. You know, it felt very believable. The the tension was natural uh, because there's something to be said for being a situation where if you were in that scenario, you could be in it. And, and it could, right. you know, and you think about it, it's like, well, hell, I probably wouldn't be able to do the things they're doing. And, uh, you know, and. And and I like. And the I guess the only reason I mentioned the him dying is just because I, I you know, I so they didn't do that. Oh, they're going to be OK as a couple type thing, which they don't they don't out and out say that, but they kind of imply it because they do say they love each other. But I do like that. It didn't just jump to that. Right. They're like, oh, we're screwed. Oh, you know what? We were wrong. I love you. There was still struggle in their relationship while they were in this quicksand where she found out that where she had thought he had given up drinking, but he was he had stuck vodka and um, and she was upset about this. And. And there was still tension, right? There were still these things where when they're in there and uh, where he asked her, you know, you know, why did you come on this hike? You know, why when you said you didn't want to spend time with me, why did you come? And I was thinking, well, he's asking because he's hopeful that maybe she she really did want to spend time. And she was like, oh, so what you're thinking? Because I asked them because I I came now. It's my fault. You know, so it's they still kept that tension in the relationship. Even in the ten, you know, in this in this situation, which I like that it didn't, they didn't completely make everything just fine between them. They were still, still not forgetful of, of why they were struggling while they were in this. But then they, they did a very good job of, of of saying, okay, well, we have to do this, right? We have to table this for now. Get out of here. I like that they both had their moments of of panicking, and uh, and and one thing that I I really really liked. Is that they they made her they made her the strong one. She was the one that held it together, got out, got the help. He was the one that was starting to fall apart and was starting to feel like we're done. There's just nothing we can do. You know, you you can't do anything. Uh, maybe this is just it. You know, um, I, I I just like that they made her the strong character when a lot of times. Uh, creators just default to the guy, right? He's got to rescue the the lady, and you know right. it what it didn't happen that way. This right, she she rescued him, and um, and and she was the one that that stayed persistent and and thought of using the snake and and thought things through and and fixed the blood clot in his neck, and she was the one that, despite it all and despite the fact that she was struggling with the situation, she pulled it together one step at a time, and uh, you know, came and came through. And, um, you know, and I, I don't know, they did so many things right where she was struggling because, you know, she gave up her career to raise the, their kids. And I like that he came to the realization of, you know what, you're right. You know, I, I didn't acknowledge what you had to give up for this, but, but our kids are better for it. And I thank you for that. I, I thought that was a very real moment, right? That was a very, and that's something that real people struggle with. And, uh, man, and I just thought, I thought they, they acted it well. And it just it felt so believable. It, it, it was just it really surprised me. I'll, I just did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. And I can hands down say that I, I will probably rewatch this movie at some point that I enjoyed it that much. Yeah. And, and it, it no, really absolutely. surprised me. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I do want to comment on one thing you said. Something you said kind of stuck out to me. But it's something that we've talked about a lot with some other movies that have really ranked highly for us is that this movie purposefully subverts your expectations, right? The whole time you're thinking, okay, guy's going to get the girl out of this, or this is going to happen, or that's going to happen. But this movie consistently subverts those sort of expectations you have of a movie involving quicksand, or a movie involving two people in danger and needing saved. And it just, it very much, I feel like, goes against the mold, and I feel like that's part of why the movie ended up being so good, and why it maybe stuck out as much to us, because the movie provides a substantial, I would say, difference from other movies in its genre. And I feel like that's probably one of the biggest things that I can say about this movie is that it truly went out of its way to be unique in its own. Even though quicksand movies are a dime a dozen, I'm sure, this movie purposefully portrays quicksand in a realistic light with two fantastic actors who were absolutely amazing. Um, I've never really seen them in anything else. I know that the guy is from like Jack Ryan, I think. And the girl is from, um, she's from Encanto. She plays uh, yeah. Peppa, which is one of the uh, like aunts, I believe, or something like that. Um, but it's like this movie, in my opinion, truly gave you what I would say is the probably one of the most realistic depictions of not only like snake attacks, but of like, quicksand and ant attacks and being stuck in the elements and it just checked off all those boxes for me for realism that i was not expecting it to check off <laughs> yeah and you know and you watch a movie like this and, and and when you saw it unfold you thought oh either the friend's gonna find them just in the nick of time or they're gonna get out just in the nick of time or something right and it it was a it was a little bit of both right that you know the friend did was coming did meet them part way, so he was trying, and right. and she got out, but they didn't both get out, right? So it, even to the end, they kind of kept that suspense of, well, what about him? What about him? Yo, did he make it? Did he die? Did do they find him? And um, I I just I think they they that, man they did a really really good job. Um, and again, it's you know, but within realism, it's it's not it's not like this is a hugely groundbreaking movie, right? There are other movies have done this, and um. Right. And, you know, the 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 concept of the movie itself is not necessarily, you know, that original. They just they did a very a very fresh take on it. Uh, so let's let's write this thing, Ike. Um, you know, I, I've raved on it and whatever else. But I, I, you know, again, I can't put it up there with, you know, some movies that are that are really, really over the top. But but to me, this is this is a very, very strong uh, three and a half out of five screams for me. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it, but I don't think it's I don't think it breaks enough ground and is that original uh, or whatever or, or that perfect uh, that it would, you know, would 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 get a four uh, quite quite there yet. So uh, but it's it's a strong three point five. I really like I said, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it's not a four. You know, what I mean, as much as I like this movie, as well as it uh, portrayed to me and as well as it, you know, connected with me, it's not a four. For that's in the level of Skinnermarink and Terrifier 2. That's what I always like to say. Those are the, the, the benchmarks. That's the measuring stick that we have to use because, you know, that that's up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not a 4, but it is a strong 3.5 because not only did I enjoy this movie, but this movie went above and beyond in my opinion. Not a 4 above and beyond, but a 3.5 nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I definitely 
definitely highly suggest that everybody go out uh, and give this a watch. Again, it's on AMC Plus or Shudder. Uh, I don't I don't think it'll disappoint you. I think it has a lot to offer a lot of people. Uh, even if you're not a big horror fan, I, I still think I just think this has a lot of broad appeal and a lot of general audience appeal. I, I, I really do. Um, so and that brings us to uh, wrapping up the episode. And next week, we're going to uh, review Natty Knox. Now, we will preface this <laughs> by saying that uh, it, it says that it is going to have a, a streaming release simultaneous to its limited theater release. So. So long as everything goes as planned and what they're saying, we will be reviewing Natty Knox. If something happens, something changes with the studio, uh, they doesn't get the release, the release gets pushed, anything like that, uh, we won't be doing Natty Knox. We'll come up with something else. Uh, but we will be heard nonetheless next week. So, But as of now, the plan is Natty Knox. So, like, before we close things up, anything you want to throw in there or add? Um, so <laughs> I, I, I was contemplating saying something about this earlier, but um, I feel like since we're at the end, I mean, if somebody stuck around this long, they can just, you know, close out at this point. Um, but I just want to say uh, for those people out there who maybe are a part of this group, um, I just want to say I, I'm fully supporting the um, the Writers Guild and the SAG After Strike. Um, I, I feel like it's important as a horror podcast that we support the people who make this content. And, you know, I think that the strike is incredibly important. So that way they get paid what they need to get paid to write movies that we love so absolutely um, i i know that it's you know postponing some movies and film releases and things like that i know that terrifier 3 production i heard got uh pushed back but um i just want to say as much as i'm excited for terrifier 3 i want those motherfuckers to get paid first yeah. and foremost <laughs> yeah yeah i mean everybody assumes that if you're involved with these things and you're writing or even acting that uh you're just rolling in the money and there's lots of mm-hmm. stories that that's not true Right. People are not getting a lot on the residuals and this and that. And there's people who are, quote unquote, popular or successful who are losing their homes and don't have money. I mean, it's uh, this is not a case of a, you know, multi-billionaire top level actor. That's not that's not what this is for. Um, Right. This is, you know, for everybody else. Uh, But I will say that the vast majority of those even those top billionaire actors. Uh, they know how important this is, and they're all supportive of it as well. So this is, you know, it is what it is. We 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 love the movies, we love the shows, we obviously love the actors, but man, the the heart and soul of these things are the writers. And uh, without them, there's there's no material, right? I mean, we've seen lots of really really good actors in some really crappy movies. Well, you know, that's that's the, the difference that writing makes, and, and, and all that. So, absolutely. Yes. So make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to us and make sure you follow us on the social media links that were mentioned earlier. And until next week, I'm Ike. Or, oh, excuse me. I'm Dave. That's Ike. <laughs> I bet wherever you go and whatever you do, be good, be safe, and have many pleasant nightmares. 